turn it up. Get ready. You're tuned in to VO Buzz Weekly. Weekly. The show where aspiring voice actors, established VO pros, and curious fans alike get to meet and learn from the mega successful talent in voiceover. Hear their personal stories. Find out how they became so successful. Learn their secrets and join them at the top. Stacey J. And I'm Chuck Duran. Welcome to an awesome new episode of VO Buzz Weekly. Absolutely. We have Lex Lang on the show mm -hmm. today. Man, you guys are going to learn so much cool stuff, including how to meditate. I know. He's so versatile and well-rounded. <laughs> oh my gosh, his story is amazing. And you want to watch part one and part two, please? Yeah. So let's start with part one. Here we go. Right now. Guys, our guest takes the multi-hyphenate to an epic level. He is a two-time Emmy-winning voice actor, producer, director, musician, poet, philanthropist, and meditation teacher. Holy For God. reals, okay? You hear him all the time in the worlds of anime, animation, promos, commercials, and live announce. We are so excited to get buzzed with one of the hardest working guys in VO, the totally talented Lex Lang. Lex Lang. Wow. Yes. Hi. That was a wow. That was amazing. <laughs> I got a clap on that one. I need a recording of that. Just you holy know, Toledo. Take with you me can go download it on iTunes. <laughs> how are you? It's so Hi, good to yes, see so nice you. To have you here finally. Hey. Hi, buddy. Hey, how are you, good, man? He did good. not pay me for any. Was any of that true? What you just said about, about a third of it. Ninety-seven point two percent. Okay. Are you impressed with yourself? I am. I have no idea. Because <laughs> you should be, man. Wow. Holy Toledo. So you guys don't know this, but we were just talking about the '80s and how Lex and I remember nothing. Very little. <laughs> about the 80s. Yeah. Uh, we won't tell you about that right now. 85 through 92 is just a, a big blank. Mm. But I had real nice hair at the Shoot. time. You well, had nice, really long hair. Here goes that card. I, I was going to ask right? you about that. And, and let's tell the truth. that We have fun or we what? We had fun. To, so much fun that Separately we can't remember together. it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Separately and together, but we don't even know. No. <laughs> Anyways. But we're like brothers from afar. From a different mother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There you no. go. Exactly. Um, so, dude, let's get right into it, man. Sure. You were born in Hollywood. Yes. Right? That's Take amazing. us back to when you were a tiny little child. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Take us back to the <laughs> beginning too, and how things started with you in entertainment and even rock and roll and all that stuff, and then how you got into voiceover. Well, let's see. Um, born in Hollywood, until raised until I was about five, mm -hmm. and then my parents decided to move to Arizona. Mm -hmm. So all the Hollywood glamour and glitz, uh, gone. A little more desert so, action. Yeah, went out to the desert. But, and how old were you when you moved out there? I was there? about five. Five. Oh, so yeah. you didn't really know about the glamour I didn't and glitz. know anything about the glamour no. and the glitz. Although my family had been chosen by this big producer who I think it might have been the people who did the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Okay. But they chose my family to be a family that was on television. My father said, I don't want him getting into that field. Oh. Right, right. Because back then it was, you know, pretty uh, dicey. Yeah. You know. And uh, not today though. Today no, is not, not at all. Today, today is, is much like, nicer. Yeah. <laughs> today, <laughs> but, you know, we have Instagram. But he had a <laughs> he had a business and so he took the business out to Arizona and mm -hmm. uh, he was one of the first people ever to have like an answering machine. He sold telecommunication devices. Oh, so wow. when the first calculator came out, like it was like, Look at this, a calculator and it's on a watch. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it was like pretty Trail exciting. Laser. I, remember that. I love that. That's well, so cool. About eight years old. You know, a few years had passed, and uh, cheers. 
at about eight years old, um, I realized there were other kids in my neighborhood who wanted to do little shows for the mm -hmm. neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And in Arizona, it was like 150 degrees out in the summertime. So yeah. It was literally 120. And we, we did these things where we'd crack eggs on the sidewalk and cook them and the whole bit. Actually, I gotta rewind. When I was five and a half, my dad said, you know, music would be good for you. And I said, yes, music. Because that's not shady. No, not at all. <laughs> Can you guess what he wanted me to play, though? Ro no, classical. Piano. Which, which instrument? Piano? No, that would have been cool. Violin. The violin. violin. Oh, no, so I'm the only five and a half year old going to kindergarten with a violin oh, case. You know, nice. It was either the mob so or yeah. it was you know, something really dorky. And so it ended up being the dorky thing. So I played violin for probably three years. Mm -hmm. And it was actually kind of fun. Once you could, you know, play Mary Had a Little Lamb, and that's pretty yeah. much the repertoire right. at right. six, seven, and eight years sure. old. Yeah. And then I said, you know what, I gotta go for something a little cooler. And my father suggested the French horn. Oh, Dad. <laughs> so I was swerving. like, well, Dad knows. Dad, Dad knows, man. He knows the cool. The piccolo. So I went to French horn, played that for a few years. And during the time of being in the band and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. I realized that there was a piano in the room. Nice. So I started goofing with the piano, probably about 12 years old. Nice. And uh, in the meantime, between French horn and the piano, I was doing shows with my friends. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, a couple a year, maybe nothing huge. Just cracking you know, eggs and stuff no, like that. No, not the cracking egg oh, show. Like this was a, these were the night shows. I thought, oh, okay. Where we had a you know a, a sheet the as a backdrop. After dark. The after dark. <laughs> It would, it would usually happen when relatives would come in from out of town, from Los Angeles. Yeah. You know, yes. they'd, they'd be like, do something. You know? So Live we would do shows theater. and sing and, yeah. and you know do our version of impressions. And when I was 12, or maybe it was 11, I think I wrote my first song. Which you're going to perform for us right now? Will I? Uh, you know, I... <laughs> It's yeah. like, um, I, I wasn't playing the guitar at the time, I, but there was a guitar in the room, so I just picked the E string and the G string. So it was like, dun, 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 dun. And the lyrics were, oh, remember Cal Worthington? And, and his and dog, dog spot. spot. And what he used to say as his slogan? I'll eat a bug. No. I'll stand on my head. Ain't no bull. Ain't no bull. Ain't no bull. Ain't no bull. Okay. So the first okay. song we was, a few slogans. walking through the graveyard, ain't no bull. Yeah. Walking through the graveyard, ain't no bull. There might be cats and there might be dogs, but there ain't no bull. Ain't no bull. Yeah. Okay. So that and was then the, the backup dancers kicked in. That was the very in. first song my awesome. cousin and I wrote. So um, I realized that I wanted to perform, because I was always a ham as a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I got into this, uh, it was the... Let me think of the name. Um, it was a it was a big whiskey company. I'm trying to um, shoot now. I'm blanking out. Jack Daniels. You lost no, me. No, no, Jim no. Beam. No, it was. I'll think of it before. <laughs> I'll, I'll think of it before we Seagram's. finish. Seagrams. Yeah, it was Seagrams. It was. There you go. It we was got a Seagram's, it. Yeah. Seagrams talent competition, and so uh, I auditioned for it, doing like. Elvis impressions and all these obscure impressions and what I thought was funny as a yeah. ten year old, mm. and I got it. I didn't win anything, but I was able to MC it. So I was like the youngest MC of this Seagram's competition. Nice. And I was there MCing and doing little impressions and things. And when the audience reacted favorably, I was hooked. Yes. And wow. I was like, oh, I need more audience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what's next. So then I just kind of started hitting it. You know, sophomore, junior, senior year, I was in leads in all the shows. And um, around 18, yeah. I started doing stand up comedy all throughout the Southwest, like yeah. Comedy Store, uh, Dr. Giggles, The Improv, um, Anderson's Fifth Estate, a lot of places in Phoenix. Mm -hmm. I worked with Dave Spade and Jim Carrey and Marshall Warfield and Richard Belzer and like all these huge acts. Yeah. You know, Dave wasn't huge at the time. Now he's obviously yeah, a megastar, but right. at the time he was, you know, 
just another guy working on Tuesday night doing his 10 minutes, you know? (laughs) And um, I was doing little tiny uh, on-camera things in Arizona, which is nothing, really. Yeah, you know, we're shooting like, a commercial for grass. <laughs> yeah, for Charlie's Gravel. Yeah, Charlie's <laughs> Gravel. <laughs> yeah. So um, I did some of that, and then I was auditioning for the Arizona Theater Company at the time, and I had a really bad breakup with this girl I'd been dating for a while. It was my mm. fiance. It was just like this horrible thing, you know, like when they say depression set in, you know, and the guy's yeah. walking along the road yeah, in the rain and all that. Gosh. You know, that was me. Depression mm. set in, and and um, I ended up getting this job at a mall. Um, as a security as, guard. No, no, no. <laughs> as, it, was, it was a place called Superstar Recording. Oh, okay. And it was basically oh. take home your own karaoke, basically. Yes, dude, so, I remember that stuff. Remember those? Yes, yeah, it was so huge. It was awesome. It was like the coolest job I yeah. could have ever had. So I met this dude there, and he said, hey, man, I'm going to the Musician's Institute in about six months. You, you should come. It's in L.A. It's yeah. in L.A., bro. You can move back. <laughs> and I yes. said, well, um, I've only been playing the guitar for like six months. I'm horrible at it. And he goes, look, make your tape, send it in, apply for a grant, you could make it. He goes, I'm, I'm going to the drum school and I, I barely play drums and I, <laughs> I got a grant, you know? So I was like, cool, cool, let's do it. So I applied and I got accepted to the Musicians Institute, the guitar school. That's awesome. And I really crammed for the six months leading up to it. And yeah. I was okay by the time I got there, but I found that there were like two schools of thought at that school. Yeah. There were guys that came to the school and then they brought with them like their creativity, their signature sound, sure. their signature lick, whatever. And then there were these, I'll call them drones, <laughs> that came Lots in of drones. and they just learned like sequences of four and five and six, but masterfully, like they could shred. And I'd go, okay, now play something cool, you know, and they'd go, oh, I can play this, and they'd play, and yeah. they just shred and shred and shred. Yeah. And so I was kind of in the other school where I learned those things as part of the curriculum, but I made sure to kind of keep my. I, I like Dave Gilmore a lot as me a guitarist. Too. Love Dave Gilmore. It's like so for me, that's like when the guitar sings is when it really grabs you. Melody. So anyway, I was still pursuing acting at the time, yeah. and I was doing some on-camera things and. Um, I got asked to go, because I was part of the Musicians Institute, I was asked to go to a movie set and show the actors how to play guitar. Because they all were very you know, awkward, trying to hold the guitar, pretending they're rock stars. And yeah. It was for a movie called Rich Girl. It's mm-hmm. a very old movie. Um, and at the time, I was the spokesman for the school. So if you sent in a request to find out more about the school, you'd get the little video of me going, Hollywood, California entertainment capital of the world. And here in the heart of Hollywood is the Musicians Institute. But I can say it more clearly. And you did the hand gesture. Were you on camera too? Yeah, I was on camera for that. And then I would talk about the whole school. Yeah. Um, So I went and did that, and then they offered me a part in the movie when I was showing these people how to do this. So I kind of got to the next stage. I'm I'm leading it back around to how I got into voiceover. Sure. Take your time. So I met this actor named Bentley Mitchum, who is Robert Mitchum's grandson. Mm-hmm. And he was doing this film, and we hung out and became really super close friends. And ended up doing some music together a little later. Uh, but about a year into it, our friendship that is, he did a film up in Vancouver uh, with a girl named Amy Jo Johnson, mm-hmm. who at the time was the pink Power Ranger. And we're having sushi, having a few drinks, walking back towards the hotel, and I start doing my act, my comedy act. And I had a lot of impressions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ba- back then, you know, it was, everyone didn't do every impression, you know. Yeah. Nowadays, like, 
you could talk to your grandmother. And it's like, oh, let me show you my Christopher Walken. You know, it's like, <laughs> okay, grandma, go ahead. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back then, not many people were doing any impressions. Yeah. You know, it was a few of us. And uh, so I start doing this act, and she's just dying. She's laughing so hard. And she goes, you know what? You'd be a great voice actor. And I said, mm, you mean like commercials and stuff? Because I really wasn't thinking like how wide of a, a spectrum voice acting holds, yeah. you know. And so she goes, let me introduce you to this guy um, at the Power Rangers. He's a producer over there, a guy named Scott Page. No relation to the sax player in Pink Floyd, if you're okay. into that at all. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I can't make that connection. You're like, no, didn't get that one. Oh, like, Pink Floyd and Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the Power the Floyd. The show makes yeah, more sense now. <laughs> so anyway, um, I got into what's called a Walla Group mm -hmm. there. He brought me in. I don't know if you've talked a lot about Walla Groups on your show or not, but for those of you at home, okay. hey, broke the wall. Broke the wall. Uh, broke the wall. For those of you at home, a Walla Group is generally a group of eight to ten actors who are brought in after a film or television show is edited so that all the cuts between the close-ups and the long shots and everything, when they're involving people in the background, the actors in the background are all being quiet because right. if they didn't, the cuts would of all course. be you know, bad sound. So after they've completed their edit, they bring in a group of actors to be those people in the background, restaurant exactly. scene, hospital, right. whatever. In our case, it was running from these giant monsters all the time. So, so I kind of started just running and running and running, and and uh, that's I think when the begging started for me. <laughs> was, uh, I, I saw all these other characters, these monsters we were running from, that all had these voices that yeah. were being you know done, and I was like, can I please have a voice? Can I please do one of the monster voices, please? And he was like, you're not ready, kid. You know. Mm. So I had to just go through it for six months, and eventually I got my first. One-liner on the Power Rangers, which was Louis Kaboom. Louis Kaboom. And can you guess what he said? No. Uh. Louis Kaboom. He said his uh. own name. He said his own Hundreds name. and hundreds of times. <laughs> it was just he'd show up and go Louis Kaboom, <laughs> and then he'd destroy shit. Uh, I you know, so left. wasn't that nice? That was. So Woof. I worked my way up from. <laughs> oh from, my god! I worked my way up from Louis <laughs> were you, Kaboom. Were you disappointed that he only said no, one thing? No, I was thing happy that I was Louis Kaboom. Like I'm you know? in, I'm <laughs> in the biz. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're hitting the big time. So uh, then I, you know, I, I say I begged, but it was really more just being excited about yeah. being in it. You know, not the way I begged to be on the show. It was True. Uh, oh, that was you didn't really no. beg. You were no, just no. very, very adamant about if you don't about have being me a on fan. the just... show, I'm going to kill you. No, 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 <laughs> no. I was actually just such a fan of the show. I said, boy, I, you know, I, I happen to be in this industry. If yes, you will. Yeah. And I wrote him about we 600 knew. times. So persistence <laughs> does pay does off. Pay off. I mean, no, thank you for we that. Knew we knew exactly where you were, but like I said, it takes. You know, we. I have the Santa Claus list of yeah don't worry baby yeah yeah of course now you're now you're Louis Kaboom and so, so you yeah, have something bam, to talk Louis about Louis Kaboom yeah we you needed know, to so. wait till you had something to talk about so I ended up uh, getting another part on the next season which was like thank God it was like a union season and mm -hmm. like I got my card and I got all the right cool on. stuff and and um, so I kind of went on from there doing Power Rangers for a couple more seasons so then I said yeah, well what can I do that other people maybe can't do. Like, what's my uniqueness, you know? And I thought, well, sounding like other people is something that I've always been able to do. I, yeah. In grade school, I would try to sound like the science teachers, you know, in the middle yeah. of the test, I'd be like, put down your pens. You know, everyone would put down their stuff, and the teacher would look up, and what the hell, you know, why are you doing it? You know, so um, I, I made a business card. I made a business card that said, voice match specialist. 
And nice. I took it around to the different studios, to, the, to their editors. Yeah. Nice. Because oh, a lot good. of times what will happen in a movie is, that, let's say it's Sean Connery or whoever, they'll come in to do their ADR mm. or their post-filming mm. dialogue work, right? And then they'll be done. And they got their 25 grand or whatever it was to come in that extra time. Sean's not coming right? back in. Yeah. Sean's not coming back. So then they start auditioning actors right. who can do it. Well, because they yeah. need it for maybe the television version or the airplane version. And sometimes where it's they just another cut. Where they have to take out swear words. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, that yeah. happens a lot. Yeah, yeah so yeah. they need something. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I started getting calls, and I started getting a lot of calls. So that was the first level of, mm -hmm. like, going beyond the Power Rangers. And yeah. around that same time, I met my current wife, uh, Sandy Fox, who is also a voice actress. Yeah. And she was, um, you know, on her game already. She was over at ICM yeah. and she was doing all sorts of jobs. And she said, oh, uh, what's your pager number? And I was like, uh, don't have one. Back then it was pagers. Yeah, yeah. Right. We used to have these little things that would yeah. vibrate and have <laughs> and a number on them. And, and we'd go to a phone booth a and dial. Phone. Oh my God, yeah, do so you remember that? I remember that. So what the heck was up know. with that? I was Somebody... only four. Yeah. Yes. No. Um, but yeah. So she got made sure I had a pager, introduced me to some people at ICM. I ended up getting on board with ICM as my first agent. Like that was cool. a really great Jeff place. Jeff Danis. Jeff yes. Danis and awesome. Dean, who's yep. now moved on to his Abrams. Abrams, where he's at the helm. Yeah. Yes. Deservingly, you know, he's very cool. Um, and uh, so I, I was starting to do a little more work uh, through agencies. Mm -hmm. One thing led to the next, and uh, I ended up uh, doing a couple of animated things. Uh, I don't really remember the first two I did, but I knew it was time for a new agent because I had, I had done a bunch of movie trailers. Yeah. Like I did The Matrix and Hope Floats, and the, when, That's cool, man. when Vince Vaughn did the, trailers, the, yeah. uh, the remake of Psycho, I don't mm -hmm. know if you remember that, Anne Heche disaster. Yes. Yes. But I was lucky enough to get the campaign for that. Mm -hmm. And it all stemmed from me uh, going to uh, there's a, there was a place called Intralink, which mm -hmm. was a trailer house, kind of like Trailer Park and some yeah. of these other places. And I went to them and I said, look, I'd like to do your demos, like the stuff that you're just showing the clients that's right. never going to make it. Just your scratch yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. Let me yeah. just do your scratch stuff. And they said, well, we'd hate for you to just do it for free, so why don't we give you a couple hundred bucks per scratch? And I was like, okay. sure. And they <laughs> you're said, like, All right. they're like, whatever sticks, you sticks. Insist? Whatever sticks, yeah. sticks. And I was like, cool. And like these things started sticking. And they were giving me like 10 to 20 of them a week. Wow. So all of a sudden I'm like, hey, voiceover, I got some scratch, you know. And yeah. I, every time I'd come in, I'd bring these giant baskets, you know, oh, I love you guys, you know. <laughs> and so I went to uh, ICM and said, look, I got this great thing going on right now. I'd like to expand it to a couple other places. Yeah. And, you know, a very, you know, the short end of it is, we saw, we weren't seeing eye to eye, and they thought it might be a better opportunity to introduce five other people to these different trailer houses oh, for okay. free. Right. So they wrote a letter basically saying, oh, we got, oh, we're so glad you're using Lex, and that's great, but we have five other people we'd like you to also hear, but we're not going to charge you for them. So suddenly, you know, I walked in with mm. a big basket one day, and everyone was like, you know, and I was like, what's up? And the, and the owner of the place came and said, look, you know, it's kind of bad news. Your agent sort of threw you under the bus. Whoa. And I was like, whoa, exactly. And so I said, okay, well, you know what? They're doing their thing. I'm going to scoot along. You know, obviously everyone's like, you should have gotten your due, you know, whatever. But it's yeah. like, I'm, that's not my way. So I was like, yeah. okay, cool. And as a great thing, I went to an event one night called Vocal, Voice Over Care yep, About I remember Life. remember that. Right? Mm -hmm. And who was standing there? Sandy Schnarr. 
Ah, uh, yeah. And I bumped into her, and I was just talking to her, and we hit it off real well. She's a super sweet lady. Super. And uh, I was like, so what do you do? She's like, well, I'm an agent. Sandy Schnarr. And I was like, I was like you haven't heard of me? <laughs> well, I should have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and so I said, God, I'd really love to come over there. And she said, any time. So mm -hmm. that was many years ago. Yeah. Excuse Were me. You, did like you start with her when she was in the wow, above the dental office? The one over on Melrose? Oh, you were, you were at the Melrose uh, La Cienega? The Melrose La Cienega, that's yeah. where I yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. She was above a dental office? I think, yeah, that was before both of our times, but yeah. I, yeah. I hear about the, <clears throat> over the, you have to ask Sandy about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. So, being there, um, I was, I had all kinds of new opportunities, new kinds of reads, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. lots of different auditions. And I was blessed enough to get in front of Andrea Romano. Mm -hmm. And the funny part is, Andrea and I had met at a wedding like 15 years earlier before I'd even gotten into voiceover. Yeah. We met at a wedding, and so when we saw each other, we're like, wait a minute, I know you from somewhere. And she's like, the wedding, you know. So she hired me to do something on, I think it was Justice League, mm -hmm. like Captain Cold or one of those yeah. kind of characters. Mm -hmm. And it was like a, the greatest gift I could have ever asked for. Because A, I did a good job, I think, on the four or five lines that I was there for. Right. But B, I was just in this room with all these amazing talents, you know. Yeah. And that's how I always feel every time I go in for any kind of animation thing. If I'm sitting next to, you know, Jeff Bennett or Frank Welker or yeah. Jess Arnell or any of those yeah. guys, I'm like, yes, you know. Yeah. But what I found is it's kind of a mutual admiration society. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like, it, You're Louis Kaboom. We're hello. All, we're, yeah, all, hello. <laughs> we're always taking, we're always taking, you know, a master class from each other. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So, and then the hijinks that ensues in between takes is just. Oh gosh. You're I mean, floored. That's like the show right yeah. there. You know? Yeah. 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 So that's the extra show. features. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fine line, like what, when to go too much or when to dial back too far, you yeah. know, it's, yeah. it, it's so, yeah. you know, it's a, it's a gift. Well, here's what I'm getting out of this whole story, <laughs> all right? <laughs> um, a lot of great stuff, but you really, like, opened a lot of doors for yourself. Like, you didn't just sit there and wait, like, wow, mm -hmm. I hope that something happened. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, what can I do? Wait a minute. What do I have that actually... That, that, that's my edge that, yeah. that the, mm -hmm. other people don't do. Yeah. And every time that something happened in your life, you just like created an opportunity for yourself, that's, which is very, very cool. Yeah. That's very good. I like You're that. You're not Absolutely. easily knocked no. out. No, no, and, and, yeah. and you know, I try to treat it like that. You know, I anything, every bad thing that could ever happen to you is an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it doesn't yeah. always feel good during right. it, no. but, but it's always an opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's talk about, I, I think you have your, did you bring your picture? I brought a little picture that I see. Let's talk about some of your projects, past or current, that you're most proud of doing. Wow. And if you want to show any of your little Show little guys. pictures? Yeah, well, just, I could point to a couple people, I guess. Yeah, grab it. Richard. I'm proud of this guy. First of all, who no. the heck is that? Who is that? Isn't Richard Grieco. doesn't even look like you. <laughs> I was going to wear this Grieco. shirt so that I could do the pose with it. <laughs> no, I, like, I, was... I like the Elvis do way better, dude. Than what? what this than is that the guy, because that, that guy's like... He's too rock and roll and too like yeah. dirty and edgy, and he like he looks like he's gonna kick your ass. I'm gonna go. This guy here looks like hey. <laughs> I'm gonna go hey, wrangle yeah. some cattle after this. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> you look like Pioneer the guy man. on um, uh, uh, one of the brothers, HGTV. Oh, one of the Scott brothers. No, yeah. I was telling Lex that sidebar that I hike five almost every day, almost every day of the week. This trail, and I see Richard Grieco. Those yep. of you remember Richard Grieco from the original Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah. And so for the longest time, I kept thinking like. 
gosh, Lex hikes yeah. five in the morning with you know. And then I finally was like, no, it's Richard Grieco yeah. and his cute little dog. So I, I saw him yesterday and I was like, hey. Yeah, as a. I know who you are. But a, you could be your like doppelganger. Yeah, yeah. Yes. When I was 20 years old, people would yeah. literally think it was him. Wow. And he was very popular. Yes. Very popular. Yes. Yeah. He was no slouch back back no, in those days. No he was yeah. like you. He was creating opportunities. He was. He, he stopped somewhere along yes. the line. Yeah, I you anyway, took over. I took <laughs> I'm sorry. We digress. Okay, so, um, so yes, what are look. some of the projects you've done, past or, or present, um, that you are most proud of? You know, of? I won't use this, but I will like say um, one of them is Dr. Neo Cortex from the Crash Bandicoot franchise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually worked with Jess. He was Crash yeah. Bandicoot. Yeah. And, um, it was great because I came in and I took over the character. Uh, Clancy Brown had yes. been doing it. Mm-hmm. The audience that was perceiving what Clancy was doing thought it was a little too dark. Yeah. So the kids weren't having as much fun. It was kind yeah. of a dark thing. So they said, why don't we make him more flamboyant? Yeah. And why don't we make him more sort of... Uh, Mega, wait, you can help me out here. No, I can't. Megalomaniac. Make him more of a megalomaniac. I can't even pronounce my name. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Thank God Stacy's here. Yeah. The Uh, 80s did not happen for me. No, no, yeah. So we we went from this character where he was sort of dark and everything was in here to, oh yes, now he's got lots, lots of trim along his cape, you know, like yeah, 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 he yeah. became yeah. much more flamboyant. Yeah, yeah. So That's cool. That's that guy that guy doing world domination you know, was pretty exciting. It Absolutely. was pretty fun, you know. Wow, that's totally. cool, man. What about Batman, dude? You Batman, Batman too. Yeah, so Batman's pretty cool because um, I've had the opportunity to be Batman on a few different things. Yeah. One was a, a thing called Batgirl Year One. Mm-hmm. And that was a graphic novel that uh, DC put out. It's on iTunes still, and it's yeah. it's all over the internet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was really exciting because that was like 20 episodes, I think, of which Batman was in like seven or eight of them, yeah. which was cool. Uh, and the other was I was this is kind of a funny story um, on Batman: Brave and the Bold. Diedrich Bader plays Brave and the, the Bold. Yeah. I love that. You know, yeah. Diedrich Bader is awesome. He yeah, plays Batman. Yeah. yeah. And there's a story arc where Alfred is telling the story of how he Batman gets older and he gives his cape and cowl to Robin. Mm-hmm. And so Robin gets to be Batman and goes out and fights crime like Batman would, right? So I get the script and I'm like, oh, cool. He's fighting Joker's grandson. Oh, this is awesome. This is great. Oh, no, look, he stands on the top of the tower and Joker looks up and says, who do you think you are? And he looks down and he goes, I'm Batman. No! You know? So I'm like, I'm practicing this in every kind of way. The Christian Bale version, the, right. the yeah, deep, yeah, yeah. dark brooding. I'm Batman. All the versions that are the coolest brooding character yeah, yeah, in the yeah. world. So I get to the session, I'm like, cool, are we ready to go? Let's do the rehearsal. Okay, great, we're reading through the script. Okay, Joker, who do you think you are? I'm Batman. Uh, oh, wait, uh, Lex, uh, hold on a second. Uh, Andrea, you know, says, okay, um, when we do it, when we record, um, don't, don't do the brooding Batman thing. Remember, this is Robin. He's very wimpy. Oh. In fact, don't even use your natural voice, you know, like the deepness of my natural voice. She goes, don't even use your natural deep voice. <laughs> Try to pitch it up a little and, and make it more like, I'm Batman. And I was like, okay, you're the director. Awesome. I'm so yeah. happy to be here, you know. <laughs> and inside, I'm like melting down. Oh, yeah. no. No, Batman. Like, but I yeah. told everyone. But, but I'm Batman. <laughs> but I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. I'm Batman. Oh. Batman. So uh, the, Batman the really cool Jason. part about it was that when I, when we actually did the take and it all happened, everybody stopped and the entire 
production side of it behind the glass, yeah. stood up, and they gave a standing ovation. Oh. Because only a certain degree, uh, amount of people have actually ever said, I'm Batman yes. for yes. Warner yeah, Brothers. Heck yeah. So I was like, all of a sudden, in this very small group, mm -hmm. mind you, Robin <laughs> yeah. being a wimpy yeah. Batman. I'm Batman. You were like Batman adjacent, but that's okay. But that's okay. Exactly. That was my Batman adjacent <laughs> moment. Um, and then after that, uh, Mattel Toys called me and said, we're doing a thing with Warner Brothers. Mm -hmm. We're doing a new Batman 10-inch uh, figure that speaks. We'd like you to be Batman. So ah, for nice. the last few years, I've been the voice of Batman for all the toys. Nice. That's cool. Can you so, pitch him down a little bit for that? Yeah, or? yeah. No, well, but it comes out of a speaker this big, so it still sounds like <laughs> we're trying to keep... It actually <laughs> sounds pretty good. It it's not an adjacent Batman. It's a pretty good one. We're trying to keep <laughs> Lex's spirits up, It yes. sounds like this. I had a little bit... <laughs> I actually uh, voice match that for uh, Lex. That's it. That was it. <laughs> that sounds exactly right. So, oh so yeah, but gosh. that's that's like a huge thrill. That's one of the parts where you know I was kind of like screaming like a girl. Yeah. Not that girls have any problem screaming, yeah. but they do it in a high pitch and they run around with it, waving their arms and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was doing. That was like one of the f two or three roles that I ever did that for. The other was um, Han Solo. I got to play Han Solo for the Star Wars franchise. Yeah. And to me, that was just nuts yeah. because yeah. as a kid 16 17 years old i would go to sci-fi conventions cosplaying as han solo right. i so. love when that happens you well know? so yeah, one of your cool. specialties still yeah the v uh, <clears throat> the vms voice match specialist that you are yes you do a lot of, a lot uh, of voice it. matching and replacement i do so you know, John DiMaggio, when he was here, he was talking about, and Eric Bauza, they were talking about, like, they're, like, at the inn to find that celebrity voice match. What is it for you? How do you, you know, what are some of your best ones, and what are some that maybe have eluded you that you haven't quite been able to get? Well, there, there's a difference between impersonations mm -hmm. and voice matching, mm -hmm. for starters. Voice matching is usually you'll be matching whatever character the actor is doing in that piece. Right. right. So John Travolta might be doing a Texas accent in a movie, and you get brought in to voice match him. You're not doing, hey, Bob Reno, whatever, from yeah. Welcome right. Back, Cotter. You're doing him doing a Texas accent as a general in an army or whatever. Right. Yeah, so, so that's the first factor that's very different than, like, doing impressions. Mm -hmm. um, I think what helps me the most, especially when I can listen to it a little bit prior to it, is my music um, experience. Sure, your ear. My yeah. ear. Yeah. Because the first thing I'll do is listen, like, where's the pitch? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if, and <clears throat> there's, like, the pitch as in, ah, right? So let's, yeah. say, let's say we're doing Sean Connery. Mm -hmm. So obviously, obviously, Sean Connery isn't up here, right? right. He's down here. He's really low. It's, it's almost like George Clooney-ish. He's right. just like right in here. He's just talking. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but that doesn't sound like Sean Connery. Right. I was gonna say no. <clears throat> I need a little work. So then I listen and I, I say like, what is what, what is the uh, what is the air doing in his voice? Mm -hmm. yeah. So in Sean Connery, he's getting little glottal stops, <clears throat> which are like. Uh, so now if I'm talking like this, it still doesn't sound much like Sean Connery at all because all I'm doing are those first two things. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? But Charlie Sheen, the air in his voice, um, you know, he's got a little more air in his voice. It's like a little higher up and it's, you know, the placement's out a little front. Yeah. So back to Sean Connery, you got the uh going on. And then you go, okay, now let's talk about the placement of his voice in his mouth. Mm -hmm. Does he have any speech impediments? Is there anything loose, you know? So yeah. with Sean Connery, his S's sound like SH's. Yes. Right. So, so now I'm short, starting to talk like this, and it's sounding a little closer, but it's still not Sean Connery. So then you go, okay, now do they have an accent? 
And you go, okay, now he has an accent, so I'll put a little Welsh in there. And then you go, now what's the melody of his voice doing, too? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so then you might say, well, of course, listen, your plans for world domination are over, Jack. So it gets closer. I mean, I'm not trying to right. spot yeah, on a voice yeah. match, but, but you can see how, like, Very when you good. when you yeah, add the little cool. elements. Nobody's ever broken it down like <clears throat> no, that. No, but it's but it's true. It's it's really that was cool as crap. yeah. Give me a little of that. Can yeah. I say shit on our show? Um, you did. That was cool as shit. Dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's really what I have to do a lot of is break things down to like mm -hmm. the smallest level of little nuances, and then when those are broken up. Then I can piece them back together and feel yeah. what works and what doesn't. Yeah. Because do you find that if, say, Sean Connery is a Texas <coughs> Ranger general, that you that you I would find... like to see that. <laughs> yeah. I would like to see that too. Texas. Well, hello there. Howdy. Lex will work on that, you. and he'll come Listen. back to it. No, but do you're, you find you're not, that you got a cowpoke in this town? <laughs> he would still talk in a Welsh accent, I think. No matter, <laughs> listen, I'm out. the sheriff. Uh, Sean, can you that say box. what? He's like, I'm not. Sean Connery. That's it. That's all you got. Yeah. But do you find <laughs> that you go to the 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 person's real natural voice, first. and then you go to the Absolutely. whatever their character is? Yeah, yeah, you try to like get the voice first. Okay. You know. Yeah. Uh, I do this thing when I'm at conventions where because they ask about voice matching and stuff, mm -hmm. and I say, you know, everyone can do walk-in. Yeah. Right. Not every single person does walk-in, but I'm saying everyone has the ability to do walk-in. And I, I use two words, the word wow and the word crazy mm -hmm. to teach people. Right. And I use the same music. Oh, oh, that's the music. Yeah. Oh. And then you put a little New York. Whoa. Okay. And then so you say, wow. So just that much gives yeah. you a feel yeah, for yeah. walking. Yeah. Wow, it's crazy, it's crazy, wow. Yeah. So yeah. like I get the whole audience going, wow, yeah, crazy. Yeah, that's cool. Great. So you know now yeah. you know you can teach anyone yeah. uh, walking yeah. in two words. Wow and crazy. Hey, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, you still audition, right, for gigs? Uh, everything. Everything. Ninety <laughs> percent. Do do you audition uh, mainly from home, or do you go into the office, or? I'd say about ninety percent is from home. Okay, good. Yeah. So here's my question. So and you're auditioning for you're auditioning for what? Animation. Animation, uh, trailers, uh, promos, lots of commercials. Promos, commercials. Okay. Uh, everything. All everything. Of it. So when you let's talk about each one a little bit, yeah. okay? Because I want to see, I want to get insight. Because you book a lot of stuff. Obviously, you have a, a, a successful career. And there's a lot of people out there that would love to be in your shoes, right? He's got nice shoes, by the I way. Know. I know. I can vouch They're for very that. Very nice and comfortable. Um, so, how do you break down copy? Like, just let's talk about animation, for example. Uh, uh, some copy comes in. It's got a picture of a little character, or not, and uh, but it's got a little description. How do you? Decipher what you're going to do with this thing to give it a, a read that you're going to be comfortable with. Well, it's a. Few, I always love when there's a picture. Mm -hmm. Pictures yes. are the best. Because. Because it'll give you some physicality. Okay. You know, and I'm in the booth. I'm not just standing straight up. I'm doing all the moving. If it's an ape or whatever, I'm yeah. I'm moving. You know, fully. Mm -hmm. uh, but Andrea Romano gave me a bit of uh, advice one time when I was auditioning for these couple of very big parts. And she said, you know, you've got the chops, you've got the voice and all that. She goes, but always remember how you feel about the character you're talking to. How does your character feel about, mm -hmm. you know? And that just that alone will like open up a, a, a real big... How does the character feel? How does mm -hmm. the character feel about the person he's speaking with? So you're fully So when Batman inside. talks to Joker, he might say, you have no place here, Joker, or whatever. He, he has that certain 
relationship, how he feels about yeah, that. He but then he really turns to like Wonder it. Woman, yeah. and he's not going to give the, that's how it is, Wonder Woman. You know, he's not right. going to give that same read. Suddenly, how he feels about Wonder Woman yeah. is going to come through. Exactly. He yeah. wants to kiss Wonder Woman. Probably. Not to least take her out on a date. Exactly. I get yeah. it. Wait, is that Batman or Batman or Jason? Because <laughs> Batman or Jason wants to do more than that, even. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so that's that's a, a starter. And then, you know, the copy, if it's good copy or written well, that helps you a lot, too. Like, once you kind of dial in the voice you want based on the physicality, how you feel about it, mm-hmm. you know, I'll try to do what feels sort of natural first, yeah. and then I'll try to do the exact opposite as a second read. Most of the time, I won't even send in that second read. Okay. But I'll at least have something to where I do the opposite and it may give me insight to how to deliver something the other way. Yeah. Um, often I'll read it in accents also, yeah. like a Texas accent or an English accent. Because when you read it in other accents, something will come out of the copy for sure. you. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then I think my general rule for acting and just in general, whether it be you know voice or on camera or anything, is every archetype that is out there is already inside of us. So, you know, you have method actors who are like, I gotta go do this and I gotta go be this. That's cool, but it's already like the seed for that. If you create the condition where that seed can come up, Mm -hmm. and the condition really all it means is like, what's the scenario? Right. Right. You know, then you can be the worst villain or you can be, you know, the biggest loner in town or you can be the nicest doorman or whatever, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of what I try to like bring it from what's in me already. Like if because, you know, all these archetypes are in us and we suppress the bad ones. Yeah. That way we're not out shooting people, you know what I mean? Sure. But for voiceover, we don't have to suppress the bad ones. We yeah. can, like, let us, the worst evil yeah. I can be can come up. Yeah. 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 Every yeah. audition is yeah. another opportunity to not blow a fuse later yeah, on yeah, in the right? day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. It's recorded, yeah, it's recorded yeah. therapy. Yeah, yeah. Recorded <laughs> therapy. Exactly. I love that. Okay, so what about, what about a commercial comes in? Okay, and it says, <clears throat> which a lot of stuff says nowadays, it says, real conversational, no announcer. Right. How do you interpret that real conversational no announcer? Well, besides the obvious that probably everyone has said and everyone's heard of, which is like proximity to people, mm-hmm. like how far away is the audience, the more real you get, the closer the audience becomes. Right. Okay. So that's like yeah. my one rule that I guess is a rule out there that many people use. That was actually really good. I, I've never really heard somebody say that. I know, it I haven't exactly. heard of it that oh. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so the closer one gets, the closer you are. The, the more real the, the, more the, real the guy the, gets. Yeah, because yeah, you don't have to put on anything. You can Absolutely. just be right here. You know? yeah. The hard part of those types of directions is not sounding boring. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because you can suddenly take away all your personality and you're just like, I'm just the real guy here. And yeah, you want to talk about cool, this is the coolest thing ever. And it's like, boring, you're never yeah. going to get it. Right. So you have, to, you have to have at least a little bit of that presentation in a commercial read. Like yeah. you have to have 20% presentation that's like always there. It's your like core. Yeah. Right. And then you right. can, you know, dial in the little nuances and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. I love that, I love man. That. Yeah. Yeah. 20% 
a 20% Yeah, it has to have a little color. Yeah, you otherwise, have to have the color yeah. in there already. Otherwise, it's just black and white. And yeah, and nobody wants dull and boring. I always <laughs> right. tell people, like, when they, I hear auditions a lot of time, hey, what do you think of this? And they're so slow. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm, like, and I'm like, okay, go to your TV right now and, and just listen. listen to any commercial for, mm -hmm. like, two hours. <laughs> and you tell me if you hear anything that slow. Nothing. Yes. <laughs> Nothing. Even animation is not no. slow. No, it's real estate, man. You got to make money. Yeah, they're yeah. not buying three-minute yeah. spots. You got to get something. Yeah, I just had some auditions today where I had, 10 characters to audition for, mm -hmm. and they all had the same copy, but mm -hmm. it was just different pictures of different characters. Right. Mm -hmm. So one looks like a giant robot thing, and the other one looks like a little, you know, kind of character. Yeah. But they give you the same copy to read, so like, where do you find that? So I tried to find it in the pictures. Wow, yeah. So then I recorded home, and I edit all of them, and I'm playing them back before I came in tonight, and I'm thinking, this is too slow. Damn, the choice I made is too damn slow. Because animation, and like you said, it's yeah, it's moving. It's, it moves, so first thing yeah. tomorrow, I'm back in the booth picking my favorites yeah. and like going fast, fast yeah. speed. There you go. Yeah, I love that. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, something a little faster can only be mistaken with energy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Slow can be mistaken with dull and boring. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We don't want that. Right. No. Never. No. And, we it's, don't want and that. it starts to become very reedy. Like you start to see. You're reading if it becomes mm -hmm. too exactly. Well, another thing that's good about commercials, like how to get into the spot, is most people have what they call their signature voice. Yes, mm -hmm. it's generally what you sound like, like what I'm talking. Yeah, here, your natural right? speaking voice. Right. You know, it's, in some cases you can have a much deeper voice or a little higher voice, but in general, your signature voice is like kind of right in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so, I'll approach it with that voice first before I make any adjustments. Okay. Right. So if right. I'm talking about the future of cool. You know, whatever. You know, just be you X, first. Xfinity, the the future of cool is here. Yeah. You know, I'll just be myself first, mm -hmm. and then you can feel that little twenty percent bump. Yeah. Of, there was you a know, little cool injection. You got a little cool injection. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I'm one of the cool kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, yeah. but. But that's the basic idea. You start with that kind of core thing. Don't try to be Morgan Freeman on a read because it's for a bank. You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. right. Are you hard on yourself? Are you easy to direct? Are you do you direct yourself well, or are you do you pick at yourself, or what um, do you, are you? I think at this stage, I'm pretty easy on myself. I'm, yeah. I'm real hard on my wife, unfortunately. I'm you like, are charming. Well, charming. I'm wife. charming. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, you know, for her, it's like, okay, honey. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, Try one like you know the person. You know, like she's like, come on, that's not nice. She has a wonderful adorable. She's like the yeah. cutest voice in the business. She's just yeah. like naturally. Well, that's it for part one, but guess what? We're gonna be back next week with part two. Ah-ha-ha! Ha. <laughs> okay, you guys, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and don't forget to watch us on YouTube too. We love you, thank you so much for watching, and just remember, you, you always have, have time for a little buzz. Don't just listen to VO Buzz Weekly. Watch the show in stunning HD video at VOBuzzWeekly.com on their YouTube channel or on the app. VO Buzz Weekly is sponsored by Chuck Duran's Demos That Rock. Rock. The voiceover demo producer to the stars is now available to you. Visit DemosThatRock.com and take your voiceover career to the next level. See you next time. And remember, you always have time for a little buzz.